1: Buddy, hello oh. oh
2: hi hi Jenny made me retape the introduction because I was too happy she was like that was far too much joy to be filling just kidding that's
1: not what you said I was like hey everybody and you were like Oh, let me screech up in my clown car and jump out of it and honk <laughs> your nose and squeak a friggin' thing that sprays water in your face and Love do a couple cartwheels look at my penguins. They go in a
2: pyramid. Wow. Love to honk. Love to pyramid with penguins. Delightful things. <laughs> uh, hey, we are having a blast in season six, as you all know. Yay. Journey, dancing around, partying. Uh, we do have some really fun fucking cool shit happening in the land of patreon that we want to tell you about first up jennifer owen youngs and Hello. morgan ludich uh yes ne- nemesis of the pod and beloved hey uh, what well, talking about I, my morgan like that following the bit uh jenny and morgan <laughs> are gonna be watching legally blonde together on april 15th um, Jenny is this like the second the third the seventh time you've seen this
1: movie or this will be my very first time I'm always looking yes. to expand my horizons of petite blonde protagonists <laughs> so I'm ready I to mean, venture into
2: the courtroom one of the most important petite blonde protagonists here in Legally yes. Blonde so Jenny's gonna be watching this movie for the first time This is part of a new movie watch club that we have that is open to all of the patrons of Buffering and of Angel on Top. You come on into the Slack, we hit play together, and we chat while we watch a movie. It's really fun. And then patrons of Angel on Top get bonus podcast episodes. So you've gotten one from me and Morgan. We watched Down With Love together and talked about it. And Jenny and Morgan will be talking about Legally Blonde and all of Jenny's feelings. And I'm sure some of Morgan's as well. So, Mm. Learn about that on our Patreon. Join for the bonus podcasts over at angelontop.com. Jenny, you're busy this week in April because uh, just a couple days later, April 17th, you are playing a concert of Buffering Songs.
1: That's right. I'll be all like, objection, your honor. (laughs) Sustained. etc. So, I'm sure.
2: um listen, that concert is open to all patrons. You can learn about all the events that we have going on and become a patron if you're not already at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. It truly is so busy in the land of Patreon, so I'm just going to run down a few other things happening in April. Joanna and I are back with our bonus podcast. Feels like the first time Joanna and I are watching and discussing a trio of movies this month which include Jenny you're going to be excited about this trio army of darkness wow followed by the covenant have you heard of it somebody just told me to watch it (laughs) uh joanna has referred to the covenant as abercrombie and witch so i am
1: (laughs) fucking into it oh yeah
2: the third movie is tremors uh i have not seen wow yeah it's good shit right A mystery sandwich on classics bread. Exactly, exactly. But I, it's mystery sandwich on mystery bread for me because I've seen none Mm. of these films, which is the premise of that bonus podcast. Oh, Uh, my frigging God. We are also reading Darcy Little Badger's A Lots Away in our book club. That's for $5 patrons. And last week, our $10 patrons got the first of many, many behind-the-scenes videos of us writing once more with once more with feeling... And you know what? Like, why not? I'm on a tear, so I might as well tell you that the ultimate patrons got their first bundle of exclusive merch for the year, and it included smash the demon lizard patriarchy socks. So, like, wow, whatever.
1: It's a fucking good time in the land of Patreon. I'm not gonna lie. I have a question. First of all, Is it where a tiny are my question? Smash the demon lizard patriarchy socks, and second of all, are they in the package that you sent me that I haven't opened wow. yet?
2: Wow,
1: wow, <laughs> wow! It's I was all like, coming Jenny, together. They're
2: literally in the package that you told me you got a week they're, ago. They're so. about six feet away from me right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's two pairs of fucking smash the demon lizard patriarchy socks in there for you.
1: Well, <laughs> ahem, be that as it may, the time has come for you to, to take stop your socks off. telling us about <laughs> Patriot. Yes, socks off. First, the boots come off. Mm -hmm. nice and slow then the (laughs) socks come off at whatever speed you please because it's time for the results of last episode's sexual tension awards come on we know we know
2: who won this is smashed people so the fact
1: that anybody else got votes at all is kind of impressive um but maybe it's just because spike is in every single coupling and throupling uh in last place with a. Paltry, 4% of the vote. It's Spike and human blood. Mm. That's fair. They've got something special, but, you know, not in this lineup. I am concerned about Spike and Warren getting a little bit more, getting 6% (laughs) of the vote and putting them in third place. (laughs) Uh, In second place, it's Buffy and Spike with 12. This is the worst Buffy and Spike as a combo has ever done, right? Yes. Second place, 12% of the vote. Yes. But... It had to be this way. It could only be this way. Get out your sledgehammers. Mm, Nay, put away your sledgehammers. Yeah, you don't need them. Put away your table saws. Mm -hmm. Put away your tools of demolition. Mm -hmm. All you need is safety goggles because it's Buffy and Spike and that poor sweet house that never (laughs) saw what was coming with 78% of the vote, the walls came tumbling down.
2: They did. Uh, Jenny, two things. First of all, Spike and Warren technically also includes human blood, which is why I think that they got 2% more, because you kind of get <laughs> two for the price of one. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And two, I will say that every vote, I usually get at least a handful of people who are like, oh, no, there was a bump on the bus that I was riding, and I voted for the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so that could that could explain a lot. Could, it could account for the four uh, percent or the six percent mm-hmm. or anything there. And so, yes, Buffy and Spike on the walls, three trophies issued to you. Really? I mean, I don't know how many of the walls get the trophy, but we'll we'll, well there are, do are some no math. more walls. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can't there's no address to which you can send the trophy because it is just an empty lot now.
2: Anyway, um, hey, there are things that you can purchase in our store. The crop tops are back in stock. They're in a different color because the mustard color doesn't exist anymore. So if you got a mustard crop, good on you. Uh, I got one, too. We're, we're the lucky few. Uh, but there's some really cute crop tops, tanks. Uh, Mugs are on pre-order, they're back. Zip hoodies are on pre-order, they're back. And hey, everything except for our Once More with Once More with Feeling Vinyl is on a pretty massive sale through the end of the day today. So if you listen to this podcast when it releases, lucky you, uh, you just have to use the code RATAMY and you will get 20% off of anything in the U.S. or the U.K. stores, again, except for that Once More with Once More with Feeling Vinyl through Midnight Pacific today. March 31st 2021. If you're one of our ultimate patrons you always get 20% off so guess what for this sale you get 30% off. I've written Bada Bing in my notes I don't know why my sister just started watching The Sopranos so I guess that's why.
1: (laughs) Listen Bada Bing is not something you can just read off a page it can't come from copy it has to come from the heart talk to this italian about proper usage
2: of bada bing jennifer youngs
1: uh i have two words for you (laughs) gaba cool (laughs) and dear listeners please be advised this episode contains conversations on themes of addiction and substance misuse all right jenny are you ready I'm ready. Let's, Let's... do this.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast, a fun, (laughs) carefree, footloose podcast where we are watching and discussing every low impact, high fun episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free, in tandem with Angel on Top, I'm Jenny Owen Young. Ah, uh, yes, and
2: I'm Kristen Russo. Kevin Bacon is just dancing his way right through these episodes, just footloose, uh-huh. fancy free, no heavy plots uh-huh. to delve into, not at all. This week we're talking about the hilarious episode of season six Episode 10, Wrecked. Uh stay are tuned, we a Gut Buster. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by us, recapping the buffy episode we are reluctantly
1: discussing. Wrecked was written by Marty Knoxon, directed by David Solomon, and originally aired on November twenty-seventh, two thousand and one. Just five days after I had reached the tender milestone of the age of 20.
2: (laughs) Just a few, not to be, not to brag, but just a few days before I was about to turn 21 uh, and have my first sip of alcohol. (laughs) Congrats (laughs) on your very first sip. Yeah, big day. It was a big day. Uh, Hey, according to TV Guide, according to the short, thick TV Guide, this is the one where Buffy's tryst with Spike... That's one way of putting it. Leaves the Slayer Mm. shaken to the core. Willow falls victim to a warlock who stimulates her craving for magic. All right. Sure, TV Guide. Whatever you say. Uh, Not how I would personally put this. Um, A little behind the curtain here. Jenny and I usually uh, have like a little gathering about what we'll do for the Sexual Attention Awards we usually have four ready before we start taping. We've got two and they're a stretch. So good luck to us. Hopefully we'll find some. Hooray. Hopefully we'll find something to do. You know, Jenny, nothing, nothing decrees that we have to pick four. You know what I mean? So if we only have two, we only That's have true. two. It's not a very sexy episode.
1: Uh, they very thoughtfully kick us off in the previous leaves, though, with, uh recounting a remembrance of what two very powerful witches think is really cool to do at the bronze <laughs> yeah I actually was like oh we really focused a
2: lot on the sheep but there was a strawberry did you <laughs> it's just like a... oh
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: but it's not like a it's not like a you know wow they turned that man into a strawberry it's just they put him in a costume of a strawberry so yeah Um, you came back wrong. We get, you know, just a little note about the painful things that Spike and Buffy have been saying to each other over the course of the last few episodes. Uh, We get a little shut up, Tara. Forget we were ever in a fight, Tara, to let us know that there are uh, really just a dwindling amount of healthy relationships happening here in the town of Sunnydale. Was really excited that we got the hilarious, uh, I was a rat. You dead quote. Like they knew that that was so funny that they put it in the previously on. Um, Jenny, we start the episode. This was usually the information that I find is intentional. Uh, You know, like I will look up like what band was playing at the bronze or I will look up whatever. This was unintentional. This scene opens and it's a cartoon is playing on the television. And when I was looking for something else, I found out the name of this cartoon. Do you know what it is? I don't. The name of this cartoon is Ding Dog Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a Looney Tunes cartoon from 1942. Uh, I will read you the description. A dumb mutt falls in love with the metal statue of a greyhound. Ding We've Dog been there. Daddy.
1: <laughs> We've all been there. Hey, I mean, relatable well, content. <laughs> so. I could have gone my whole life without hearing about the mother of all night wedgies. That would have been fine. I could have survived, happily so. Yeah, yeah. I could have gone
2: without it as well. But it is very... I mean, you know, there's a few things that happen in this episode that I feel like situ... Like, Dawn is just... I know people have feelings about Dawn. I know people are like, oh, Dawn is this, Dawn is that. You all know that I'm a fan of Dawn. And this episode in many ways has made me feel like Dawn is just getting like a very specific personality at this point. You know, I'm like, I'm here for it. I'm into it. Her waking up and being just like the 15 year old who's like, what wicked wedgie is just like such a part of Dawn. (laughs) So it has to be there because this is who she is. Is she just going to be 15
1: forever? Or are we going to observe a birthday for her at some point?
2: I don't know. This is a spoiler-free podcast, Jenny. So,
1: <laughs> OK. There's
2: <laughs> no way to know. There's really no way to know if she'll ever grow up. Mm. Um, Tara, so Tara, and I point this out because Tara wakes up and she's like, just so confused about where she is. And I, I love Amber Benson. I think she's fucking phenomenal. Great. Good work. So much good work this is not one of those moments for Amber Benson. And it, it really hit home because Buffy wakes up in the next scene really like sort of like disoriented and confused about where she is. And I'm like, okay, so that's how you do that. Tara is so much more confused than she should be. Like if she's confused for like four extra beats of like how did yeah. I wind up this If you're, up if this you're waking
1: up on a couch that you've actually spent a lot of time on in your <laughs> life, you shouldn't be this alarmed. You right. shouldn't be more alarmed than the person waking up in a pile of of rubble that they just created with their fucking exactly exactly um so
2: this scene is here to point out that no one has come home because they've quote lost track of time uh (laughs) cut to the spuffy demo job (laughs) i now call this uh location in my notes hgtv so
1: (laughs) hell yeah yeah you know that thing where television shows kill the golden goose no do you know, you're not done watching Twin Peaks yet, but do you know who killed Laura Palmer? I think I do. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Friends is like 14 seasons long or something. Sure, sure. Uh, and how soon do Ross and Rachel get together? I think season one or two. Oh, my God. And then aren't you just so bored? Yeah, because it already happened. It's like, ugh, okay, but well now what do I have to look forward to?
2: Oh, so killing the golden goose is basically giving up the goods.
1: Giving up the goods. Giving up the You're goods. You're surrendering so- I guess your power as the show. You're right. <laughs> right. Okay. Your mystery. So
2: that's what that's what Buffy and Spike have done. They've killed the golden goose.
1: Yeah, I mean I think like tension has been building steadily for a long time and then observing Spike's behavior post-Coital Spike is like whoa. Yeah. Suddenly I find myself on Buffy's side. I'm like, "Oh, this is disgusting." Ew. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're both they're both being pretty fucking shitty to each other.
2: I, I like Oh, th- totally. You know, yes, I agree. Spike is a fucking p- I mean, Spike really takes it. At first it's sort of like a jab, a jab, a jab, a jab. She's disgusted. I'm disgusted, Jenny, that she has put this skirt back on her body because i don't know a lot about sex but i'm gonna (laughs) guess (laughs) that that skirt is really not something you want to put back on i understand it's her only option but i'm having a difficult time with it uh and in the at the start of this i mean you know she's saying shitty things that this was a freak show he's being a jerk But it really kind of gets to the place of, oh, wow, Spike, when he's like, I knew the only thing better than killing a Slayer would be, and then she, like, punches him in the face or whatever. We all collectively do. Because why? Why? Well, we know why. Because Spike is a fucking monster.
1: Yeah. And even before he is monstrous he's just kind of like smarmy and like puffed up with his own sense of self-satisfaction which is just like not a good look
2: it's not it's not a good look and this is like I'm probably gonna get in trouble for even like having a conversation about this but I'm gonna try it anyway I feel like Spike had up until this point, Buffy was like, You are disgusting. You are a freak show. She's still saying that, but like, he has this thing to hold on to, which is the intimacy that they shared. And we're led to believe that it, like, that this wasn't just fucking. Like, I mean, we can't know. We weren't there. The wall fell down and the cameras turned off. We saw on. enough, we Kristen. Saw, we saw, I mean, I'm not asking to see more, but I, I, like, the way that I think that this is presented is that in the intimacy of them fucking spike recognized that there was something there for buffy even if it isn't what is there for him for her, like that even if it isn't mirroring the feelings he has toward her that like he recognized that she desires him and mm-hmm. and like that confirmation of that desire is giving him this bravado which i agree is not i don't want to see it either but i do like i i think i i do at least understand the root of it uh if buffy i think if they had had an open communication about the complexity of their feelings before this i don't know that it would have been such a hard shift but they've been kind of fucked up in their communication from the jump
1: there are, as far as I can tell, three good things about this scene. Okay. One is that you can see James's modesty panties at one point, <laughs> which are a hoot. Uh-huh. Uh, one is that he says, I may be dirt, but you're the one who likes to roll in it. <laughs> Everything else that's going on aside here, sick burn. <laughs> uh, and then when he holds up her panties and says, uh, were you, did you want these? And she punches him in the face. Yeah, Appropriate. I know we
2: know this is problematic. I know we know we're going to be looking into it, Jenny. But I also thought that it was additionally especially confusing to see their dynamics in this scene where Buffy's like, don't touch me. And then she's like, but do touch me. And you know what I mean? Like they're putting some things on the table that are letting us know that uh, words and actions are not matching. And I think that's a very complicated space. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, we're not going to we're not going to dive into that pool right now, but it's there. It's on the table. I'm putting all the things on a special table in my office (laughs) for later examination.
1: Okay, you keep your table. I'm headed to the stove. I'm making some pancakes. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Have you ever talked about your
2: uh, incredible ability to make pancakes on this podcast?
1: I don't think I've talked about pancakes on this podcast. I like making pancakes. Uh, I don't think that I'm uh, incredible at it, but it is something I enjoy. Thank you for listening.
2: (laughs) Uh, Jenny, when Jenny makes pancakes, she makes a test pancake first, which I think just like elevates your seriousness about pancakes. You know that like there there's a test pancake. There's no test pancake in this kitchen.
1: Well, yeah. And if there had been, well, things could have gone differently, but we'll never know. Will we? I think it's weird that Tara and Don are not, especially Tara, is not like more stressed out yeah. about the fact that nobody's there. I get that, like, maybe she's trying to, like, be calm for Don, but it's weird that they're, like, not even calling anyone.
2: Yeah, especially because, I mean, I don't remember this ever happening before. And it seems like they also don't ever remember this happening before. There there should be, like, a reason that maybe people wouldn't come home at night, but they always have. So I agree. Um, you would mm-hmm. think that at least Don would be more concerned than she's letting on to being. Uh, in walks Amy with Willow. And uh, Tara, notably flustered, notably Uh uncomfortable, notably definitely thinks Willow is banging Amy. Uh, and Correct. Willow immediately is like, no, Amy the rat. And I'm like, I'm not sure that that really helps your cat. Like, I don't think that her formerly being a rat uh, nulls and voids you possibly making out with her. But
1: sure, sure, sure. But maybe there's a sense of security uh, that she assumes. Yes. Tara will get from that. Oh, it's someone we know. It's our friend. we have right, right. never it's pal, seen her Amy like the this rat. before.
2: Also, Jenny, did you realize that Amy rats Willow out? <laughs> Boo! <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa. sighs> For her use of magic. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to make the bad joke. I just wrote down Amy the rat. And then my next note was like Amy's telling on Willow. And I was like, hold on a second.
1: <gasps> anyway. Oh, my
2: God. Amy's like, man, you should have seen her. She was great. She was doing magic. She took this guy's mouth off his face. And Tara and Don are like increasingly backing up against the the cabinet tree. Uh, and Amy realizes Amy's all of us in the pandemic. Amy's like, I'm so sorry. I'm talking so much. It's just been me and a bag of pellets for two years.
1: <laughs> I think uh, Elizabeth Ann Allen is doing a great job. Yes. of bringing a lot of ratness to the role mm-hmm. now. It's
2: super jittery. She's great. She's amazing. I think that she's phenomenal. We, if you are like newer to the podcast and you haven't listened to um, the interviews that we've done, just FYI, we got uh, two two bells have rung in this episode because we have interviewed both Elizabeth Ann Allen and Jeff Kober, who plays Rack. So oh, you can yeah. go back and. Listen to those conversations, but uh, Elizabeth Ann Allen is fantastic. Since you've brought up how you respect her in this episode, I would like to talk to you about how I feel about Elizabeth Ann Allen. Permissible? Hit it. So, in the Angelverse, we've just met a character named Justine. Ah, uh, Justine. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Justine is played by Laurel Holloman, the actress who also plays Tina on The L Word. I do not like the character of Tina. I do not like the character of Justine. I said it in mm-hmm. my little corner in the episode that you heard last week in Angel. I said it very briefly, and I'm not gonna go into it here because I'm not here to like rain on anybody's parade. But
1: I will say that <laughs> for all the for all the Justine slash Tina stands <laughs> want, out there. I don't want anybody getting <laughs> mad at me. I just want you to know
2: how I feel. Don't like it. I realized in this episode that Elizabeth Ann Allen should have played Tina on The L Word. She would have been a fucking great Tina. That is that is the thing I'm putting down for you to pick up. What do you think?
1: I would watch that. I would check that out to see what's going on. Yeah. Also, think- what do you think about Justine, mm-hmm. Tina? Uh, my, uh, Tina could be a nickname for someone named Justine, it seems like. <laughs> is it possible in the continuity that there's actually... Uh, some overlap between the Buffy verse and the L Word verse. L Word
2: verse, I could see it. I could see it. Justina, this was two thousand and one, and the L Word came out what two thousand and three. So, like in the L Word, Tina was like fucking some dude before she met Bet, but maybe she, maybe that was like maybe it her... was Holtz all solo. Maybe alone. it was Holtz. right? Right? Maybe it was Holtz the whole time. Uh, and to escape from the hell dimension of. That Los Angeles she took the moniker Tina,
1: oh yeah, yeah, she's still living in l a She's just in a different she, part. Just, she
2: just went a few blocks over.
1: cool, so Tara, disturbed by this information that Amy can't help but share, uh sweeps out of the the house and mm-hmm. Willows like desperately flailing, oh, what about? The box of your stuff that you should stay right now and take. Please don't go. But Tara says, no, I have my, I have plenty of rainbow trout dresses at my new abode. I don't need the ones I left here. I'm not in a rush. And she flees. Uh, yes, Tara is off. Uh, the box of her things,
2: notably labeled Tara upstairs, which made me laugh. <laughs> Like as though Willow has like many boxes of things for various people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Buffy arrives home. Um, she's real beat up. Uh, to the to yeah, the she eye. had like an all night fight fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then everyone goes to sleep at like nine nine a.m. or eight a.m. or whatever time it is. Yeah. Leaving Dawn alone again.
1: And and hey, I think it's worth noting that um, as the pods, as the resident pod pancake expert, I just want to call some bullshit on, oh, my pancake is burning. You can tell because the side that's up is burned. <laughs> yeah. That's Tara not how that pancakes worked. <laughs> no, no. She did uh, the old sweep and flip. Uh, no, that didn't happen. This is bullshit, yeah. So Willow's upstairs. We learn
2: that to to your point, actually, last episode, Jenny, you were wondering about if Amy had sort of gathered magic in her rat body. Like, like, if it had accumulated, We don't have a clear answer. But this does give us the sense that you can deplete your magic by overusing it because willem now is in bed and she's trying to close the curtains and she can't i mean she can she just has to stand up and walk over to them and close them with her hands i'm sure you might have something to say about the depletion of magic but before we get there i just want to also say that there's still fucking masks on the goddamn walls of this house pat fucking died because of these masks and they are just still up in former joyce's room
1: joyce well, I guess Joyce is no longer it's responsible. It's not Joyce's fault. It's Willow and Tara's fault. Y'all. Take the masks down. <sighs> okay. Research at the magic box for a diamond thief demon going absolutely nowhere. <laughs> and Anya knows it. That's why she has chosen to stuff a bridal magazine classic, classic move. Stuff a bridal magazine inside of one of the research tomes. <laughs> uh, Jenny.
2: Anya has a new hair color. Anya is it's blonde. Blonde. Anya is blonde. Blondia. Also, you breezed right by Xander being like, all these demons are starting to look alike. Reptiles, reptiles with gills. Because I wrote down, Jenny will know if reptiles can have gills. Can reptiles have gills?
1: Fish have gills. We all know it. Uh but reptiles have lungs for breathing. Amphibians actually, it's interesting because. Uh some amphibians breathe with their lungs. Some amphibians breathe through their skin. Right. That sounds familiar. Tadpoles and some aquatic amphibians mm. also have have gills that right. they use for breathing. So, so, so but reptiles? no lizards, no lizard gills. So repti- uh, uh, reptiles reptiles
2: have lungs and that that means they 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 resolutely do not have gills. You
1: can't have Her- a you can't have gills and lungs at the same I time. I can't wait for the avalanche of emails (laughs) that you will receive (laughs) but the amount
2: we're gonna know Uh, about biology by the time we're done with this podcast you know we've learned so much about clams uh i know we've done some like shark whale conversations so bring it on hey um let's talk about one of my favorite moments in the episode i'm gonna play a little sound clip
0: anya has a theory She thinks that Martha Stewart froze that guy.
2: Don't be ridiculous. Martha Stewart isn't a demon. She's a witch.
0: Please. She Really?
2: Of course. Nobody could do that much decoupage without calling on the powers of darkness. Um, I love this. Do you know what decoupage is, Jenny? No. Do you want to
1: take a guess? I'm picturing some kind of, like, paper mache, textured wall business that nobody asked for wall business
2: do? so you so like like this is happening on a wall like instead of wallpaper
1: yeah like to make your wall feel like a a cave a, cave? Like a textured cave <laughs> jenny jenny's idea
2: of decoupage <laughs> is like you at age 12 using paper mache to make your bedroom like a small cave for your reptiles yeah
1: or like eugene tombs in the x files just rising every <laughs> Uh, you know, 60 years or whatever to eat four human livers and then building a nest of newspaper and his own bile for the hibernation period to follow. Wow, that took Is a- Is that decoupage? That took a turn down, down Jenny Eleni on
2: harder than I thought we were going to. <laughs> Uh you know you're not that far off really it's it I don't know that people use decoupage on their walls but maybe they do it's more like a crafty thing so you mm. like cut out you know um a flower and then you use like a paste and some like gold stuff and you put it on another thing so you, it's like collaging basically it's like fancy collaging mm. I love that in the span of 4 seconds we activated all of amphibian and uh reptile listenership and then craft listenership please i wait for the email of the crafty person who also is a reptile expert tell me if you tell me if you tick both boxes come to us and let us know your presence (laughs) decoupage me a reptile okay anya is uh wondering if she should go with uh cocktail dresses or the traditional burlap and larva jenny what are you doing or Jenny's face is horrified right now what have you found in your googling
1: sorry I was reading about alligator gar because I was like wait should I just check and see if alligators have gills because like what if they did and I came across a whole thing about alligator gar having gills but also they have a highly vascularized swim bladder lung that supplements gill respiration only to find out that alligator gar is actually a, a type of fish not a type of alligator what the fuck
2: is a a, Wait, alligator, alligator, alligator guard like G.A.R. Yep. Is the name of a fish. That's right. Oh, my God. Here you thought we were going to be talking about willow and
1: magic, but no, not here. Not here in this podcast. <laughs> uh, All right. OK, sorry. I'll, I'm done about gills.
2: So traditional burlap and larva or cocktail dresses, uh, Anya is The trying. eternal question. They're true. I mean, you know, uh, we've both had a wedding and we know that these are the kinds of questions you really have to ask yourself. She also says oh, to yeah. Xander, so glad that um, you should be like basically happy that I'm not making you do the traditional groom's right of self-flagellation. Nice. <laughs> Oh, and then we we enter into—I mean, not that we're entering into this parallel for the first time, but the, Buffy is starting to go really hard on. Willow is fine, and Willow doesn't need a monitor. She's going through something, but we're not her. Maybe she has reasons. We all do stupid. Yeah, it's stuff. all very
1: complicated. I can relate. I mean, just in theory and from things I've read, not from actual in practice.ness Please, thank you. Right. Look away. Right. So Buffy is sort of icky, overwhelmed
2: feelings uh, about her own actions and really her own trauma, right? Because all of this, this episode made me look at two things very distinctly. Because the the entire arc, to get meta for a second, the entire arc in this episode of Willow's trauma, Buffy's trauma, and how the lack of tools that they have to deal with those traumas are causing them to do things that are self-destructive is... Quite brilliant and quite spot on. But, and I'll get into this later in the episode, there are so many, Willow specifically, there are so many, like, really problematic um, tropes that are associated with Willow's journey that uh, are very upsetting, that I find to be very upsetting and unnecessary. Um, So I'm just going to put that down, but we we can go through this scene. Buffy is not seeing what Willow is going through or needing because she is completely conflating it with her own situation. And they are not apples to apples. They're not apples. No apples here. (sighs) I wish that there were some apples. <clears throat> Xander makes a really important distinction before we leave the end of this scene um, because B- Buffy's basically like don't judge and he like very astutely is like I'm not judging I am just observing you know he says not judgy just observey because he's Xander but like Making a really valid point, like, that he isn't judging. I mean, I don't know. I can't get inside Xander's head. But, like, the point is not that he is saying this is so bad that she's doing this. It's just that he's saying, like, this seems like it might not be good for her. Um, And I'm observing that and just sort of wondering, like, what we should do to help her, which is, like, really, Mm -hmm. yes, that's where we should be.
1: Yeah, I mean, when Xander's coming up from the back of the herd to uh, lead the pack in terms of emotional awareness yeah we're really in a place we are (laughs) it's true my how he's grown (laughs) cut to two cool witches thinking about where should we go manifest some sheep tonight but no willow is like i didn't have my power all day and i'm i feel like maybe we should just take it easy and amy says i have a better idea Mm mm-hmm I know this guy and he knows spells that last for days. Amy, how do you know this guy? How? That's what I wrote. How? How do you know this guy? Let's just dial Back. Let's just revisit the Moo episode. Yeah. Amy was hanging out with like the goth guy with the black lipstick right, and like sure. maybe one other person and they were doing like protection spells or something. Right. But like, not, what? not rack level stuff. No. At all. Yeah. I had the same There's question. Definitely some Amy rewrites happening. <laughs>
2: Literally in my notes, the qu- I wrote down, quote, I know this guy, end quote, in parentheses, how? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really, how? Uh, but yes. And then Willow says, is it dangerous? And Amy says, would that stop you? To which we know, we all know, Amy included, that the answer is no, it will not stop Willow. And we go to Rack's. Rack is, as mentioned, played by Jeff Coburn. This is the second time he's in the series. Love when a show loves an actor so much that they're like, "Yeah, it's fine." He played Craylick and helpless, but like he's great and he is fucking great. He is so unbelievable. Great. He was great as Craylick and he's amazing as Rack. Yeah, what a creep. Oh. So good. You know that those contact uh, experts were on set for Rack because he's got some, like, serious, like, weird gray
1: eyes some happening. wild shit going and, on. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's really, it's quite well done, I think.
1: Um, Kristen, did you happen to notice the water cooler that appears yes! to be full of blood yes, in the waiting thought, room? Why don't they have this in Angel Investigations?
2: Bubble. Right? <laughs> this is really smart. But also, like... Are vampires going to Rack? Like I don't really understand it, but I did write down blood water
1: cooler? <laughs> I guess just depends what you're into. That's um, true. A- Amy's like, it's cloaked, isn't that cool? It it moves <laughs> around a lot too, helps keep Rack out of trouble. Out of trouble from whom? <laughs> guy and how who's monitoring him who's trying to be the trouble in his life right Joel Gray was just flicking his tail all about town nobody cared
2: about the dark magic he was doing so why does anybody care about Rack Anyway, yeah, Amy's like, can't you feel the doorway? And I think Willow is like, it's hot. And Amy turns around, and Elizabeth Ann Allen's look as she disappears through the door is- Yeah, what a
1: great look. Oh my God, it's amazing. I mean, I would follow fucking Amy through that yeah. portal for that look. <laughs> Inconsistencies aside, I'm I'm pumped for us and for Elizabeth Ann Allen yeah. that she gets to play this completely different <laughs> character. <laughs> Well,
2: and that's part of the issue is, like, they're just, for whatever reason, and we'll talk, you know, we're going to do a deeper dive episode. We were supposed to, we probably set this up in the intro, but we were, our plan was initially to do our um, big conversation with Natalie, who you heard a couple episodes ago, before we got to Wrecked. But we need a little bit more time with it just to make sure that it is responsible in as many ways as it can be. But the the speed at which... <laughs> Uh, w h i c h, not uh, w i t c h. This happens, this journey happens for Willow, like Amy aside. Like, if even if we take Amy out of the uh, equation, it's just it, it's very heavy handed and in a way that is um, irresponsible, I think, in mm-hmm. storytelling. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, kind of clunky,
2: kind of clunky.
1: Oh, actually, this
2: is perfect because this is the first note that I took about like, OK, so it, it, indulge me for a moment, Jenny, because I want to talk about some of the images that this episode gives us that are really fucked up and not because not they're fucked up because there's no like... Underbelly to them. We go into Rack's, and the first thing that we see is people sitting on the couch. The, the, the office, Rack's office is made to look like dirty and dingy for absolutely no believable reason. This is a magic portal. So like the idea, yeah. we hear it later from Dawn that like the guy in the waiting room smelled bad. So like this dirt and uncleanliness is immediately attached to the people that are using magic from Rack. Um, there's, like, a, a girl in the corner who has, like, dark circles under her eyes. Willow we see through this episode having less and less clothing on her body. Um, but there's an exchange, and we'll, we'll get to the actual thing, but I want to sort of, like, list these in a row. There's an exchange between Willow and Rack that seems very sexual in nature for the drug that is magic. Yeah. And there's an element of criminality completely inserted into this to your point about why does rack need to hide? No one else has needed to hide. So uh, these are like, it's not that it's not that we can't talk about like the ex- exchange of sex for drugs. It's not that we can't talk about um, criminality in the world of drugs and um, of like substance use and what have you. But these are just laid on. They're To use Martha Stewart, they are just decoupaged the fuck onto this storyline. And it's really, really irresponsible because this is not the whole, this is not how you tell this story. Willow could be using magic in ways that are unhealthy for her without having to associate um, the use of drugs uh, with all of these tropes that are really not helpful to people who are misusing substances. That's it. My rant
1: is over. Okay, we can move along. <laughs> One way we know Rack is very powerful instantly is that he knows without being told that Amy was a rat. <laughs> He's just got a sense for these things. <laughs> it's that twitchy little nose, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's like, I oh, dream of genie. Him. No. Rat. Former rat. <laughs> there are a lot of bad effects on this show. But I think uh, when Rack, like, rubs his oh. hands together and they spark and stuff, like, all the all the electricity magic business around Rack, I think, looks very cool. It's fantastic.
2: I took the same note because I fucking love the hand crackle. It's done beautifully.
1: He's really interested in Willow. He says power is coming off of her in waves. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, Sweet noticed it. Everybody's been noticing the... no. If power's coming off of somebody in waves and you're intrigued, this guy read The Pickup Artist. (laughs) Because he's like, wow, you got all this power. Oh, Amy said? How did Amy say? You can... He just starts, like, negging her immediately. Yeah. Yeah. and we're off to the races. You got to give a little to get a little. Hugh. Yeah. And and this is e in many
2: ways. And Amy like doubles. Amy's uh, scripted line doubles down on this. It's over fast. Um, Rack says, I'm just going to take a little tour. Um, and then sort of like puts his hand on Willow. And we are to imagine is... Doing all sorts of things, and it's upsetting. There's a lot of
1: heavy breathing, panting. Yeah. Ugh, and he says you taste like strawberries. He says, We all right. hurl over the side of the boat.
2: Yes. He says you taste like strawberries. Um, I would say maybe write this in your Shanshu prophecies.
1: Hmm. Okay. Buckle up, Kristen. Okay. Buckle Click. up because- Click. <laughs> it's- It's- well, it's not the '90s anymore, but it might as well be because we've got this like fucking music and the spin. <laughs> Amy is spinning. Willow's on the ceiling. We are Train is... Spotting. Train Spotting colon yeah.
2: Sunnydale.
1: Uh, Willow. Is from her vantage point of being on the ceiling, she is like looking down and then starts kind of hallucinating greenery all over that. And then she sees a woman being dragged. Oh, that's uh, creepy. I will get like That I, is creepy. That was pretty creepy. But then you know what's not creepy? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Because you would think that this would be moving in a steady, you know, ascent to the creepiest thing of all. But instead, we get the creepiest thing of all the woman's legs being dragged into the underbrush. And then we see yet another. <laughs> Yet another goofy-ass Sunnydale demon. Sort of like a <laughs> like a balding werewolf kind of vibe. <laughs> has, uh, it is where his
2: movements are exact. It's whoever the actor was who was inside the werewolf costume is inside of this costume.
1: There's there's something that's... There are elements that have been added that we can talk about when we get to his final scene. I can't wait to talk about it, I can't actually. wait either. I'm making a gift from that scene. What did I tell you his name was? Krizan? Krazao? Like, m- Magaz. Magaz?
2: Matraz. I can't find my name.
1: Give him the old razzle-dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> Razmataz is the name of that, canonically,
2: we have uh, named this monster Rasmataz. What What
1: is his actual name in the script? Mandraz. No! <laughs> Mandraz. Okay, so Razzmatazz. Razzmatazz is on the scene, and he, like, growls or opens his mouth or... Does something trying to look threatening and failing. Okay. Yeah. All, all, all I can
2: think I know this isn't the song, but the only thing I have in my head
1: now is with my naked eye I saw. Oh yeah. There found... is like a certain um luscious Jackson-ness right? to this track. Uh, oh,
2: so Willow sees razzmatazz and falls from uh... the ceiling. And there's this cut, there's this like cut between when we get to her waking up on the floor of her bedroom um, and after she's fallen where it's black eyes, Willow, like completely no, uh, what do you call it? No whites of the eye. It's just like all yeah. pupil. And she's standing in front of a few places. And I know that the last one is the magic box. Um, and then she's, on she's the in floor. the
1: bronze and bronze. then in front of the magic box. Why? What is this? I know I
2: was like, do I go back and like really look at where she was? Is there deeper meaning here? And I decided probably not. So I'm wondering since
1: she wakes up on the floor of her bedroom if she kind of like blacked out and is having like flashes of places she went to on her way home. Right. But but are we to believe that she went to the I mean, or, or not
2: the bronze, but the magic box. You'd think people would be there who would have interacted with her if she went there. But it was like
1: the nighttime. That's true.
2: That's true. Maybe that's what we are to believe that she sort of like went to these familiar places as she was like super fucked up on Mad. <clears throat> yeah. And
1: when she wakes up on the floor, like it's the morning.
2: Yeah, this so. is, you know, in an episode that is full of like imagery that I think is tricky and not good. This, I think, is done really well. Um, we don't see like uh, but there's not a lot of shower scenes in this show. Um, and so it's th- <laughs> not I- nearly enough for, <laughs> I- <laughs> for my taste. <laughs> I think that it is really powerful to see Willow wake up on the floor And then to see her crying in the shower, because this is the truth, right? Like when, when I'm saying like, there's no fucking like underbelly, it's the wrong thing. I'm Kristen. So, you know, I say things like underbelly, but I mean something else. Just go with me. But when I say that there's not that like rootedness in You know, a lot of the tropes associated with Willow's arc at this point, this does have that. This does have an anchor. We know that Willow is traumatized. We know that she is not okay. So seeing her wake up after this trip to Rax and get into the shower and sob, like, that is the root of her actions at this point. And I just thought it was really powerful. And I I felt for her. And then, you know, I don't know, Jenny, you can take us to what she does after she gets out of the shower.
1: Well, it's the saddest thing that ever happens on the show, Kristen. She uses Chekhov's box of Tara's clothes coming into use. (laughs) Uh, She pulls out a top and a bottom and she magics air into them in the shape of Tara Uh, (sighs) so that the faux Tara can hold her. And it's very sad. It's so
2: sad. I tried to like... Maybe there's something I can laugh at here. And you know what? The sad just really overrides everything I tried to make funny. It's There's nothing funny. It's devastating. And um, I think it's quite nice, though, that Tara, one of Tara's garments was velvety, you know? Like, it's like extra soft to cuddle on. Nice. Like, you're surprised, please. <laughs> Don in the kitchen throwing
1: insults at Cordelia Chase. Spatulas are for wimps. Well, listen... Everything is relative. Right now, the spatula is relative to a pan. I'm sure if the spatula were relative to a vampire- Mm. Dawn would get on board. That's true. But I'm loving her chaotic kitchen energy. Inventing food for babies, flipping things in a pan with her fingertips. I'm fucking all in. This you, is my favorite Dawn. This is Chef relatable Dawn is my favorite. Did
2: this like this took me back to being in middle school and coming home and being like, I will cook myself. Do you know how many quesadillas I made for myself as a teen? A lot. I don't. A lot. Quesadilla is like quesadilla, grilled cheese, and ramen soup are like the first three things that you learn how to make if you're me anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. uh, I thought this was very relatable. It reminded me of my own kitchen chaos past. Also, to my earlier point about loving Dawn and Dawn just like really starting to get some nuance, some more nuance to her character. (laughs) She says to Willow. Well, you know, assuming would make you an ass out of me. <laughs> nice. It's so the, good. The it's
1: so good. It's a mess. But uh, we learned that Buffy has called to check in on Dawn about 10 times today, which seems right. Mm-hmm. And Willow and Dawn are going to go to the movies. Ah! Girl time. What do you think they're going to see? Well, I'll tell you, Jenny. Some of the top movies at this
2: time, uh, Monsters, Inc. is on the list. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone had just come out. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to say, I I think that they would have gone into Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. It seems really... Right? Aww. Jeepers Creepers had come out just a couple months prior. Uh, American Pie 2? Willow could go watch Willow. I don't know if she was in the second one, actually. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And Jenny, guess what else came out in 2001? What? Legally. Blonde. Oh, a movie I look forward to seeing so soon. Yes, Jenny. Uh, Jenny's participating in our new movie club uh, with Morgan Ludich from Angel on Top and watching Legally Blonde for the very first time. So that's exciting. Uh-huh.
1: Anyway, moving uh-huh. right along,
2: they don't ever make it to the fucking movies, do they?
1: They sure don't, Kristen.
2: Uh, Don leaves a note on the fridge so that Buffy will know where she and Willow have gone because that is quote the first place <laughs> she goes after patrolling five by five baby um
1: five what <laughs> Buffy comes home and hears some crashing about upstairs, discovers Willow's room is torn apart, and it's Amy. Stealing sage? Yeah. A very readily available herb that you could just snag at the grocery store. Honestly, in Southern California, you might find some just growing on the on the street. I mean, well, this is the this is the thing, right?
2: Like, they didn't have to insert this like criminality to the storyline. Amy could have just been at the house because that's where Amy's been, and Buffy could have had a conversation with Amy about where Willow is. Like it didn't have to be. That that Amy is like filling her pockets with sage. I do like the joke of it's not what you think it is. It's sage. Um, and Buffy, <laughs> like, that's what I fucking thought it was because I feel like many of us in uh, this era were like, it's, it's just sage. I'm just burning sage. Um, anyway, Amy tells Buffy she's as bad as I am. She is worse. She's at racks. Uh, she says, "Don't." This is this also made me laugh. Don't shake me again, Super Strength. I think I'm gonna boot. Yeah. <laughs> just good from Elizabeth Ann Allen. Yeah, this scene doesn't make any sense for all the reasons that we just said, and. I also just want to point out that it is so fucked up that Amy is, so let's say that this really was, this really was the way it happened. Amy is in Willow's room. She's stealing things from Willow's room. She's saying, I'm not okay. And Willow's also not okay. And nobody, like Buffy just leaves. It's like the fact that like no one is, like that Buffy can't even get to a point where she can be like. This person is also in need of some kind of help. Not that she has to, you know, I understand she needs to help Dawn and she needs to, like, uh, prioritize that. But she basically is, like, you're fucked up because you're here and you're stealing shit. Rather than, like, why are you here and what is happening? Right? Which is just the Mm -hmm. fucking constant thing that is upsetting about this storyline.
1: Anyway, outside. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Could somebody take care of these teens and young adults, please? Please! Giles, the fuck? I'm
2: just gonna get mad at him every episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Wow, yeah, you're really feeling Giles' absence in this episode. Yeah. I mean, just any, the presence of, honestly, even like. Any adult. Any adult, but like Xander
2: seems to have the tools to understand. When somebody, at least at this point in his journey, when somebody is like asking or in need of help, um, but like everyone, so many of the characters in this show are so deep into their own trauma that they can't see the trauma of the others around them. Like they're just in it, fucking in it. Season six, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season six, colon, in it. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. Getting information about Tara. Did you have fun with Tara? Where is she living? What is she doing? Uh, and then she is like, "We just have to make one quick stop." It almost goes without saying that this is unbelievable. Like this is not believable, and it's only because of the speed at which we get here. This is this is immediate. That she it's is so fast. It's so fast. Um, but we'll put that to the side. They go to racks. They really, I think that the writing in this episode does a good job of positioning Dawn um, as somebody who is, you know, she's just like really wanting to be with Willow. She's just wanting to have any sense of normalcy. And I think that just the simple line of Willow being like, it's okay, we'll only miss the trailers. And she goes into the, the room and Dawn is left alone in the lobby. And she's just like, I like the trailers. I just thought it like really did the work it was there to do, you know? Yeah. Also, I like the trailers too. <laughs> I know. I do too. I do too. I mean, I think that's like a common thing, right? People enjoy trailers. Yeah. This is where I agree with you. I wrote, I love Rax hand crackle. Just a fantastic effect. Um, Willow, you know, loses time in in Rax and... Sees the demon again, sees all razzmatazz again, and she screams. And Rack is, I think, notably taking enjoyment from her fear uh, and and pain before she then comes out into the into the lobby again. Oh, my mm-hmm. next note is Nakey Spike.
1: <laughs> Dude apparently loves to sleep naked. Spike is literally naked for eighty percent of this episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I Dude, mean, being le- woken up by a huge pillar candle tossed onto your naked chest. Uh, <laughs> disruptive. Yeah. Spike looks good. Mmm.
2: Ba ba ba. Mm. Hmm. Ba-ba-ba. Spike looks good. He um is basically like, Dawn's in trouble again. Must be Tuesday. Except his version of that is, can you get a LoJack for this girl? Which, for yeah. those of you who don't know what a LoJack
1: is, uh, it's like a car a car alarm and tracking system. Um, hmm. And I agree. You know, maybe this is just a difference between your generation and mine, Kristen. Because wow. <laughs> <laughs> I recently was reading, actually, that the cutoff, for Gen X is people who were born in 1980, and yeah. the beginning of wow. Millennials is people born in 1981. Wow. So I, it's really thrown into sharp relief wow. our many generational differences. <laughs> 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 this vast okay. chasm that spans it's between true. us. It's I, true. It's Those so hard to understand were you sometimes. Formative for me. Formative.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, Spike knows Rack. Of course he does, right? Spike is Spike is useful. That's the thing. And he he calls that out later in his conversation with Buffy. Spike is important to their work. He knows immediately who Rack is and he is yeah. able to help because he is a vampire so he can feel this portal in a way that allegedly Buffy yeah. can. Although aren't we led to believe that Buffy could at this point because she's not whatever.
1: Well, we just know she came back a little different. We don't know how. Yeah. Uh, she also doesn't know what she's like looking for. She yeah. doesn't know. She's like, like. it's not like Amy was like, feel around for a hot spot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, true. Uh, Rack probably owes Spike some kittens. I'm, I'm guessing that's how they kind of have come across uh, uh, paths. Definitely.
2: Definitely. Rack is part of Poker Sundays. Spike stands up. Nakey. Totally naked. <laughs> Buffy, <laughs> Buffy averts her eyes. Yes, oh. And he, he says, hide your blushing eyes. Um, do you think that she hides her eyes because she is uh, showing him that she is disgusted? Or do you think that she is like literally hiding her eyes because she's like, oh no, if I see nakey Spike, I might have to kiss nakey Spike
1: again? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Probably a little from column A, yeah, a little, a little from, from, from column B. B. Yeah,
2: totally. <laughs> All right. So it's fucking like 11 o'clock. They've missed the whole fucking the the Sorcerer's Stone. What's the movie? Harry Potter and the Rasmus Taz. Sorcerers. Yep. Yep. Uh, They've missed the movie and Willow is pretty fucked up. She's high as hell. Mm, Yeah. She's like, we're going to have fun. And then she's kind of shitty about it. And uh, Dawn's hesitant. And she's like, do you want to play with the
1: grownups or not? Dude, oh. I love that the grown-ups, it, r- both Rack and Willow, the grown-ups, the self-proclaimed grown-ups are both like "me me me me" each in turn. Yeah, Dawn's like, "Um, okay, guys." <laughs> yeah, cool, guys. I'm going to go home.
2: Oh, speaking of grown-ups, we go to a conversation between Spike and Buffy in the alley in an alley, one of the many Buffy is like, a lot of extra alleys. The
1: the alley budget has skyrocketed in this episode.
2: (laughs) Last night was the most perverse and degrading experience of my life,
1: she says. And Spike is like, hmm. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's complicated. Uh, This is complicated. We're not gonna fucking
2: mess around and try to say that this is all one thing (laughs) because it is not. It is confusing as fuck. And Spike is like, "Well, you know that I'm in love with you." And then Buffy is like, "Yeah, well, whatever this is, like it's not love." And Spike says, "Not yet, but I'm in your system now. You invited me in already." Yeah. Ooh. So this is this is now in yuck squared territory. Um, unsubscribe right um the implication that because you were invited in once you can then uh enter at any time the vampire lore once applied here to this story is especially fucked Mm. up isn't it oh yeah ew is this a great time to play the patriarchy jingle this will do well here we go sliding down the back half of this episode
1: <laughs> into a pit of despair yeah uh ugh. Dawn wants to go home and Willow's like maybe I can just pop you back Willow Willow.
2: no then Dawn's like I feel like something's in the alley and rasmataz is like bye Bye, slam <laughs>
1: yeah he's all like
2: you summon me
1: witch <laughs> and well like no no i didn't i didn't uh, i didn't summon you Dawn? and he's like you raised hell with your magic <laughs> and he does this like Very avian head wiggle, like side to side thing. The head wiggle, like after
2: the car crash, is I'm making a gif of it. It is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. His head is like a full, on a full, like swivel. It's like on a lazy Susan. It's like, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, yeah. it's wild. (laughs) Dawn lands a fantastic kick. Fantastic kick from Dawn. Yeah, great kick. Willow's like, we're we're not quick enough. Uh, doors open, doors close, drive car, and I'm like, wow, this is how we do magic. I could probably do this. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this open. is going really well if, in a practical sense until immediately after successfully uh, stealing this car, Willow gets way too cocky and then crashes it. Yeah, Willow.
2: It's just this is. I'm sorry. I I mean I love. Marty Knoxon, but there's just so much sloppiness in this story because why did Willow have to be on a joyride to crash this car, right? Like, she could have been honestly in this car trying to escape from this demon and crashed the car because she was really fucked up. I don't like the addition that she also, like, as she's trying to, like, save Dawn's life, is like, oh, let's fucking take this car for a fucking crazy spin. It again attaches this element to Willow's storyline that I think is, is not necessary, and it's not Flushed out so anyway regardless of that the car crashes and (laughs) dawn gets out of the car her arm is already hurt though it will get hurt more in this scene that's about to happen her instinct
1: this is like the outdoor equivalent of running upstairs literally in a horror movie literally She's I'm like, I'm just gonna get under the car, <laughs> I'm gonna crawl
2: under the car. That is a bad idea, my friend. Uh, luckily, it never happens because Buffy and Spike hear her scream.
1: This is where the hey, she does throw sh- dirt in Rasmus eyes, oh. which is a very choice move. She's a scrappy
2: fighter, man. Don yep. can fucking Don can fight, uh, and I and I love it. Um, also. Buffy does a flying kick. This is some wire shit. This is like some wire fighting yeah. that we're seeing. Hell yeah. She launches through the air, kicks Rasmataz in the face. Um, but but Rasmataz is getting the best of her. Rasmataz is strong, but Willow disintegrates him.
1: This is funny because in the framing that you see on Hulu, Willow is in the frame for longer than she would be. Oh. Uh she she comes into the frame sooner. Then she would have been in the aspect ratio ratio of original broadcast. So you see Willow, like, you see the demon burn up, then you see Willow off to the side doing nothing, waiting for herself to come into frame, and then they add <laughs> the, hand, the hand electricity effect. So it's uh... like, I was like, wait, did Willow kill this guy or did he just, like, burn up from, like, the spell running its course or something? And then I was like, oh, no, 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 they just, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't add it until they had to, but now she's just like, Hanging out at the side oh, of the frame. It's funny. pretty funny.
2: That's funny. I didn't even notice.
1: So the demon
2: is gone <sighs> and Dawn is really fucked up. She's really, really hurt. Her arm is really hurt. She's bleeding. The seriousness of... The-
1: Rasmus has punched her like 20 feet across the friggin' Yeah.
2: Land. Yeah. And um, Willow is, of course, distraught, devastated... Uh, just full of all of the emotions that one would be feeling in this situation. And she's saying, is she okay? Is she okay? Spike and Buffy pick Dawn up. They're sort of like walking her out to get medical care. And Willow goes over to Dawn to apologize. And Dawn slaps Willow across the face. Yep. Exactly. It's my sentiments exactly. Yeah. Yikes. Um Don is, I mean, understandably, Dawn almost fucking died. Mm-hmm. So like the anger that people are feeling in this scene, I think makes sense. Uh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I read that Michelle Trachtenberg really struggled with slapping Alice Hannigan and like apologized profusely after the filming of this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Which I loved. Um and I also like this. So at first it is that they are leaving Willow. Um, but Willow is on on the ground, um, and she's sobbing. And so you see Spike and Dawn and Buffy pause. You see Spike and Buffy exchange a few words, and it becomes clear that Spike is taking Dawn to the hospital so that Buffy can stay back with Willow. So I, I love that. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really important, and I guess a piece of this that I wish was more present in the whole st- in the whole story in the whole episode. Um, but Buffy says to Willow. Get up. And Willow says,
0: I can't stop, Buffy. I've tried and I can't. You can. I can't. I can't. I just, God, I need help. Please, please help me. Please, please,
1: please. And then Willow hugs Buffy. And Buffy stands there for a second, and then she eventually hugs Willow back, staring over Willow's shoulder into the middle distance, envisioning a future where she doesn't bone spike again. Mm -hmm.
2: They stop at the store on the way home, I think, to buy 400,000 pounds of garlic
1: so many garlic braids literally you've more never garlic seen so many garlic ne- literally braids. never
2: like did she did she get this from like her time with dracula like this is like some dracula level mm-hmm. garlic braids
1: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. we cut to willow like wrapped in a blanket which i think is really like i'm just thinking about this for the first time but i feel like even that imagery is really it's that's really symbolic right like Buffy has, even though she's Buffy is certainly not doing it perfectly and is not doing it well, like the choice has been made to take care of Willow, to wrap Willow up in a blanket, to acknowledge that there is trauma happening here. Um, there is no support system. So Willow is left in bed to move through withdrawal, um, like without any supports, which is, of course, not OK. Um And Buffy winds up in her room also sort of alone and just with all this garlic around her holding a crucifix in an attempt to really keep herself from Spike more than keep Spike from her at this point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do do you want to journey to the land of sexual tension right now? Because I don't know what to do there, but we're almost to the end of the episode. There's just a few things left to be said. Wow. Yeah, let's give it a try. How fun. Can't wait for this jaunty jingle to play.
0: Sexual Attention
1: Award. Well, welcome back to another thrilling edition <laughs> of the Sexual Attention Awards. Unfortunately, there is no sexual tension in this episode. None. That we care to acknowledge. But um, we are creative people. Yeah. We're looking at, you know, name a more iconic duo. That's the <laughs> yeah. theme of, of this edition of the Sexual Attention Awards. <laughs> Therefore, uh, we offer up unto you the following slots and their respective noms. In slot number one, it's Anya and Bridal Magazines. She loves uh, them.
2: Beautiful.
1: They're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the second slot, your noms are Buffy, and 10,000 garlic braids. When all you need is a knife. There it is. In slot three, why, she's unstoppable. She has an indomitable spirit and invincible fingertips. It's Dawn and bare-handing and in-progress quesadilla. (laughs) Witness the power. (laughs) Behold the spectacle. And in slot number four, it's everyone's favorite magical drug-induced demon razzmatazz and his unquenchable thirst for the drama.
2: (laughs) Also, Jenny, don't you think it should be, it's like 10,000 garlic
1: braids when all you need is a steak? Oh, I thought you were going to say, when all you need is a spike. Oh, (laughs) I guess uh, both flavor to taste both slash and well that's our sexual tension award spread a strange buffet if you will Mm -hmm. Uh, but please cast your vote via our Twitter poll you can find it over at buffering cast tell us what you think tell us name the most iconic duo most
2: iconic duo here good luck to all of us All right. So the scene before we see Willow in bed and Buffy surrounded by garlic braids um, is probably worth at least a small discussion um, because we get more of this parallel. Right. Buffy asking Willow, why would you go to see somebody like Rack? Why would you put Dawn in danger? Um, really asking herself why she would go sleep with somebody like Spike
1: and why she would also put Dawn in danger. Right. I think it's important here that we see Willow acknowledging mm-hmm. further like what the deal is, like saying it out loud to Buffy. Yes. You know, I thought I had it under control. Yes. Uh, you know, it's why Tara left. Yes. All of all of this stuff kind of making it real yeah like Buffy is like is this because
2: of Tara and she says no this this was before Tara and this is why Tara left which I agree is really really important really important for Willow and just really important to the whole story uh and we also get like a bit of Willow's internal monologue past just the trauma of everything that has happened over the last year Mm -hmm, mm -hmm but also this like idea that i was just plain willow she says i was just some girl which really harkened back to oz and willow in the beginning like who is that girl you know like i i i was just <laughs> some girl. And now, now that I have magic, I'm special, you know? I mean, she doesn't say those words, but essentially that's the message that she says to Buffy, like, if you, if you could choose plain Willow or super Willow, wouldn't you choose super Willow? And sort of has like a moment of self-reflection of like, oh, I guess you don't actually get to choose. Like, you just always have to be super Buffy. But
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Buffy's trying to tell Willow, like, this is not the case. Tara loves you. She loves you for you. She wanted you to stop um it's not she doesn't love you because of the magic she doesn't love you because of this power um and and another line that willow has that i think is really important is when she says to Buffy, it took me away from myself and i was free uh because that's again that's just that's really the truth of this this is allowing uh willow to escape from the feelings that she cannot hold she cannot bear to face she cannot bear to feel um, and although I think there's a lot of issues in this parallel with Buffy, this is also what's happening with Buffy and Spike is that, um, Buffy just can't, like, they, they just can't navigate the trauma. And when you're in a, I, I mean, I know I've been in a place of not being able to navigate trauma and, and making decisions based on just the need to feel something and not that thing. And that's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh Yeah.
1: Yeah. No more spells. It's over. It's over. Buffy's like, good. I think it's right to give it up, no matter how good it feels. The magic, I mean. (laughs) And you, not me. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm
2: glad that they resolved all of that so that we can move along into new things this season.
1: Does anyone know what the stinky yak cheese in her bra is for? Is that a reference to something?
2: Do write in if you know. I don't know. I'm just shaking my head at Jenny like Naga, I have nothing. I thought that Anya was the one with stinky cheeses, but I guess uh, Willow also partakes. Well, uh, I do want to just note at the end of this episode, we see um, a memoriam for J.D. Peralta, which I looked up. And so he just thought it would be, um, I don't know, nice to note that this uh, this person, J.D. Peralta, was Marty uh, Noxon's assistant, um, and she passed away of cancer uh, just two weeks before Ugh. this episode aired. I know it's, it's very sad, and I almost was like, well, maybe this episode is, like, really heavy, but I just thought, you know, it was important that the show, like, paid tribute to her uh, and that in our discussion we could as well. So, yeah. This has been an episode. I just want to say... That I just want to remind everyone that we are like here for conversation. That we are doing our best to explore themes that we don't have a ton of familiarity with, and uh, we're doing the research as best we can. But we're gonna miss things. We're gonna say things that probably aren't uh, perfect, and. Mm-hmm the whole point of this is that it's ongoing it's not like this is the episode on this and done so do mm-hmm. write into us uh, we are working on this deeper dive episode to talk about willow and and the um, plotline of the uh, sort of the like arc of her misuse of magic that will have spoilers and we'll go deeper in but it's it's tricky and there and it's one of many many things in this season so bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com, write to us. I do my best to get to all the emails. I will say that it has gotten to a point where I no longer can confidently say I read every email because I try, but there's a lot. But I I really, really go out of my way to read the emails that are part of these conversations to make sure that we are doing so responsibly. So please do write in um, and let us know what you think, what you want us to talk about things that we didn't say that we should have, things that we did say that we shouldn't have, we're here.
1: We are. Well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. Hell yeah. And when I'm not making this podcast, I am often writing songs and recording them. You can learn more about me at Jenny Owen Youngs. You can listen to my new EP Echo Mountain. You can check out my new band LAX's debut single temporary goodbye on all streaming platforms you give me a shout on twitter and keep up to date on new releases at jenny owen youngs that's me temp 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 temporary
2: that's how it goes i got it this time i just hadn't really heard it enough times last time to Mm -hmm. nail it i just wanted Mm -hmm. you to know that i can keep a tune so Congrats. (laughs) I know. My name is Kristen Russo. You can learn about the work that I do with LGBTQ communities uh, over at my website, KristenNolene.com. That's K R I S T I N N O E L I N E. I am booking digital events at workplaces and at schools uh, for the end of this year and the beginning of next. You can find ways to contact me about that on my website. And um, I also started a little queer a little queer book club just a couple days ago, Jenny. Aw. Yeah, on my Patreon. And you can find all that out on my website, kristenoline.com. We're reading uh, Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe, uh, a book that I have wanted to read for a very long time. So you can find out all about that on my website. Hmm. You can use that spelling of my name to find me on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, and hey, what about us? What about buffering Whoa. the vampire slayer
1: buffering the vampire slayer is on twitter facebook and instagram at BufferingCast, and you can email us at buffering the vampire slayer at gmail.com You can support the
2: work that we do here on our Patreon. Find that at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on Patreon. We have so much going on. Jenny's about to do a concert over there. We just started a movie watch club where Jenny's going to watch Legally Blonde for the first time. I run a book club. We're reading Elatsoe as our next book for April. I mean, there's just truly, it is a uh, moving and a shaking, just like Razmataz's little head. Uh, So go on over, support us if you can. And a reminder that our Black and Indigenous listenership gets all of the digital perks on our Patreon for free. You can learn about that at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash just keep fighting. Also, hey, crop tops uh, and tank tops are back in stock. Big fucking woo! nerds. I say this, but they were back in stock uh, uh, when we taped this. So who, who knows? Maybe you snatched them all up already, but they should be in the <laughs> store. Um, you can click on shop to find out all that good stuff.
1: Hooray! Hooray! And till next time. Uh, uh, woo! woo! All right. Coming
0: up on some. I think that you already